Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for joining me today for our show. And it really is that. It is yours as much, if not more, as it is mine, because my intention with every single episode is to help you help yourself. One of the things that I have been working on is creating a list of the most common struggles and challenges that my listeners and my clients share with me so that I am more effectively able to give you what you need and avoid giving you what you don't need. To that end, hearing your comments and engaging with you, whether it is in the show notes or on Facebook or direct messages over on Instagram, it really helps me help you help you, which is, again, what this is all about. The other day, I was on a podcast called Mind Love. Mind Love. I'll link it up in the show notes. You can find the show notes at primalpotential.com forward slash 557. And one of the things that came up on that episode was how I help my clients and listeners sift through all the information that's out there. The question was essentially, how do you help them know what is true, what is not true, what is good advice, what is not good advice, all the abundance of information and strategies out there in the world? And my answer might have surprised some people, but probably isn't much of a surprise to those of you that have been listening to this show or have worked with me before. I shared on that episode that my strategy is not in any way to clear up the sea of conflicting opinions out there, whether it's on the interwebs or in the podcast sphere, because there's always going to be way more information and a vaster quantity of differing opinions than we could ever hope to sift through. Fortunately, we don't have to. My objective is to help you tap into the most reliable source of information and guidance that there is. And that is the information and guidance that comes from you. Your body is giving you answers all the time, letting you know what works and what doesn't. And it's not just your body. Your thoughts, your goals are powerful sources of information. And so one of my big emphasis emphases, how do you even say the plural of emphasis? Hmm, I'm going to have to make a note on that one. But one of my primary objectives is to help you pay more attention to you than to other people, whether it's people in your life or people you consider experts, myself included. My goal is not to teach you my way, but to help you discern for yourself your way 
what works for your body, that what works for your lifestyle, what's aligned with your goals, what makes you feel your best, because those answers are always, always, always going to be the most accurate. My strategy is to help you help yourself, not to tell you what to do. And that leads me to one of the most common challenges that I have observed when talking to listeners to this show and my clients and really, quite frankly, myself. And that is differentiating between rationalize and rational lies. We are incredible at talking ourselves into what we want. Whether what we want is to hit snooze and sleep in, whether what we want is to break a promise that we made to ourselves, whether we want to binge, we can talk ourselves into it. I write about this in Chasing Cupcakes, how we are masterful at convincing ourselves of anything. We know exactly how to talk ourselves into skipping a workout and making it make sense. We can convince ourselves that it is the logical choice, the right choice, even if five hours earlier, we were dead set on going to the gym no matter what. We can talk ourselves into binge eating and also convince ourselves that it's a good thing because, hey, we'll get it out of our system and start fresh tomorrow. We can effectively talk ourselves into overindulging, even though we've done it a million times before, and never, ever, ever feel like it was the right choice. Yet in that moment, here we are again convincing ourselves that it is, in fact, the right choice. We rationalize. We make a case for it. We know which buttons to push, which stories to tell that work for us. The thing I want everybody to keep in the forefront of their minds as we go through this conversation today, but also as you observe your own thoughts and the way that you make decisions, whether it's decisions about getting out of bed in the morning, going to the gym, buying the new pair of shoes, blowing off an obligation you had previously committed to, or making a food choice. The answer is not always the truth. The answer is not always the truth. We don't have to rationalize a choice that makes us feel our very best or a choice that is aligned with our goals. When I want, say, to have a cupcake or ice cream or skip a workout or anything that maybe isn't totally aligned with my goals, I'm more likely to rationalize that than the choice to have Brussels sprouts and steak for dinner. So just the fact that you are making a case for it is a flag in and of itself. What are the things that you rationalize? Before we even get to the rational lies, two words side of things, start to think about what do I rationalize? What do I rationalize? Maybe it is related to your lifestyle, not cleaning up the kitchen before you go to bed. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'll do it in the morning. What's one night? Maybe it's what time you get up in the morning or if you go to the gym or what kind of workout you do or if you make that phone call that you previously had said that you would absolutely make today. 
maybe the rationalizing for you is about indulging or alcohol. What is it that you rationalize? One thing for me is watching TV during the day. In no way is that who or how I want to be, right? In no way is that aligned with the best version of me. In no way does that help me create the life I want. I don't rationalize going to the gym, but I do rationalize turning on the TV in the middle of the day. So just recognizing the things that we create a story about, that we talk ourselves into, that we have to convince ourselves of, is a powerful starting point because it points at where we might be telling rational lies. Chances are you're not rationalizing time to meditate. You're not rationalizing the healthy dinner. You're not rationalizing taking time to be strategic about what you want for your day or your life or your relationship. The things that we rationalize, that we convince ourselves of, usually point at where the rational lies are. Rational lies being two words there. I'll give you some examples of how this used to show up for me, and I've worked really hard to change these patterns of thinking. Because for years and years and years, decades, I would tell myself the same stories. But just like we talked about the other day related to stories, how the fish doesn't know that the fish is in water, it's just always been in water, so it doesn't even recognize it. That's how I was with a lot of my thoughts and a lot of my stories. It was just the way that I thought, and I had never really stepped back to examine, holy moly, I'm just selling myself a bill of goods, total garbage, to make this feel okay in the moment, even though when I step back from it, none of the arguments I'm using are true. Some of the big ones for me included, oh, you know, one day doesn't really make a difference. What's one day of skipping a workout? What's one day of eating whatever I want? I'll do better tomorrow. Or I've mentioned this one a million times because it was so pervasive for me. I'm just going to do this today and I'll get it out of my system, which was usually about overeating. I would tell myself, though it was categorically and repeatedly untrue, I'm just going to get it out of my system. If I overeat, then tomorrow I'll wake up ready to eat well. Except that's not how patterns of behavior work. It's not how cravings work. It's categorically untrue. Or I would say, oh, but I've been so good. I've been doing so well. As if a pattern of good choices was a reason to then make a choice that I didn't feel good about that did not take me where I wanted to go, that did not get me the results that I wanted so badly. Rational lies. Or, maybe you've done this one before, it's going to reset my metabolism to binge or overeat. Rational lie. I could create a story of how that was true, a shock to my system, but the fact of the matter is that overloading my body with fuel, with sugar, with chemicals, was in no way, in no way, good for me, good for my body, or good for my metabolism. And also, it never worked. It just created a pattern of behavior of justifying overeating. But those were the buttons that I pushed because those were the stories that worked. 
So what now what? What do we do? Okay, we recognize where and when we are rationalizing. And we recognize that so much of it is not true at all. It is, in fact, a rational lie. A lie with just enough truth, just enough belief in it for it to work. So what do we do with it? How do we stop rationalizing? How do we change this pattern of behavior? And there are a lot of ways to do it. And I'm going to share with you a few that have worked really well for me, a few that have worked really well with my clients. But ultimately, there's no replacement for your own practice, which will always inform what works best for you. And none of this comes from a decision to do it differently. It comes from a commitment to practice doing it differently. One of my practices I refer to as ruthless objectivity, just the facts, none of the story, none of the emotion, none of this, none of the drama that I add to it, ruthless objectivity. And it's not simply a practice with food, because as with all things, we want to incorporate these practices into every facet of our lives so that they more readily come to the facets where we need them. So sometimes it's easier for me to practice where I'm paying more attention, like my work or my home life. And when I practice in those things, it becomes part of the way that I think, which makes it easier to apply it to the areas where maybe I need more work, like food. I practiced this ruthless objectivity just the other day when I started to feel overwhelmed with some stuff that was going wrong with my new house. And I've mentioned this a couple times before, but I'll catch you up with the backstory if you haven't heard it yet. So the week of the Chasing Cupcakes release, I also bought a new home, a large piece of property with four buildings on it, and the main house was built in the 1700s. My boyfriend moved in with me, and on one of my first nights in the new house, he was working overnight, so I was by myself. And I woke up at 4 a.m. freezing cold. And I walked out of the bedroom to find that the door to the house was wide open, like open to the outside open, wide open. And I kind of panicked for a second. I turned on the light and I realized that there was water all over the floor. Not from the door, but because the roof was leaking and it was pouring rain outside, so the water was continuing to come in. And the comedy of errors continued. I burned my hand on the stove. I spilled my coffee all over the place, not the cup, the entire pot, brand new pot. Then my car wouldn't start. And it's easy to go into a story of like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this day. This is a day from hell. Create a story about how the house is a disaster and this was a mistake. So I practice ruthless objectivity in these moments to strip away the drama and the story. What is happening here without my story? So just the facts, what's going on? Problem, solution. The door was open. Okay, I closed it. So that's no longer a thing. My car did start after a few tries. So that's no longer a thing. I spilled the coffee. Easiest solution in the world. I cleaned it up. So that's no longer a thing. And even the roof. Problem. But there are many, many, many solutions. Patch the roof, call a roofer. Clear problem, obvious solution. I remind myself, I solve problems. I don't create them. I don't exacerbate them. I solve problems. And I practice this 
as it relates to the rational lies or the rationalizing related to food as well. So maybe I'm really, really stressed out and I start to use that as a story to justify or rationalize overeating. So I say, what's happening here without the story? I'm stressed. Problem. Is the solution food? Does food relieve stress? No, food distracts me from it. And more often than not, compounds the stress. Because sugar, for example, is truly chemically bad mood food. It does not lift our mood. We get these blood sugar fluctuations, so we have more mood instability. And chemically, it can depress us without question. This is well documented, and I don't even need the science to prove it. It's true in my own life. When I am not eating well, I do not have as much energy. I do not have as much mental clarity. I do not have as much positivity and hope and enthusiasm in my life. So I say to myself, if the problem is cravings or the problem is stress, what is the solution? Does indulging make a craving go away? No, it makes it grow. Does eating sugar eliminate stress? No, it's actually a stressor, physically and emotionally. At best, it's a distraction. I solve problems. I do not avoid problems. I do not create problems. I do not exacerbate problems. This is true with the roof. I solve problems. I don't sit here and marinate in the problem. Oh my gosh, can you believe this? No, I solve problems. What is the solution? I'm going to move quickly to that. Practice asking yourself in moments when you recognize that you're doing this rationalizing thing or that you're telling yourself rational lies. The problem is... I do this with my clients all the time. In one sentence, tell me the problem without the story or how you feel about the problem. In one sentence, what is the problem that you are trying to solve? That's always a part of it because often we're not trying to solve problems. We're trying to make ourselves feel better about problems, which is unrelated to the solution. In one sentence, What is the problem without any drama, without any story, without any history, without how you feel about it? Ruthless objectivity. Okay, what are some solutions to that problem? If you were to solve it, what would that include? And as importantly, what does the solution not include? What is unrelated to the solution that maybe you've linked together before, but it's actually a distraction, or it actually exacerbates the problem, or it creates a different problem altogether? This is such a valuable practice. Whether you are stressed about work, whether you're in a fight with your spouse, you are disappointed in your pattern of behavior or choices that you've made, or you're struggling to take better care of yourself, In one sentence, what is the problem? What does it look like to participate in a solution? And what does it not look like to participate in a solution? Because we don't want to entertain those things anymore. We don't want to make a case for it. Remember that the act of negotiation, the act of convincing yourself, is where the awareness can begin. I don't have to talk myself into and make a case for all the reasons it's okay to go to the gym. 
No, when it's a choice that is totally aligned with the version of me I want to be and the progress I want to make in my life, there is no rationalizing. The things that we rationalize, the things that we tell ourselves these rational lies about are the very things that we need to stop submitting to, right? I don't have to make a case for having a bowl of Brussels sprouts. Oh, well, I've been so good. I'm going to be better. No, that doesn't even enter into the equation. The other tool that I use in addition to that ruthless objectivity, and it's kind of along the same lines, are a series of questions. And the questions are different from me day to day based on the situation. It's part of the reason that questions are such a huge part of chasing cupcakes because I really do believe that questions are one of the most powerful tools we can use to change the way we think. And ultimately, that's what we're trying to do here, not submit to the same way of thinking that has been the problem in the past. So very simply, When I notice, oh, this is one of the situations that I've identified where I rationalize, where I submit to these rational lies, where I create this story of stuff to talk myself into it, very simply, is this a choice I want to make? Yes or no? Is this how I want to be in my life? I've shared repeatedly about a couple days before Thanksgiving this year, when there was a whole lot of food on the counter that I wouldn't normally have in the house, but it was stuff I was bringing to a family Thanksgiving meal. And it was one of those days where I just wanted to eat it all. And I was starting to tell myself this story, which is entirely untrue, that I don't even care. Couldn't be further from the truth. I care very much about my choices. I care very much about my health. And so I asked myself, like, is this who I want to be? Do I want to be this girl that continues to say, like, I don't even care. I'm just too tired. I'm just too stressed. This is just too much. I'll be better tomorrow. I know how that story ends. I lived that way for most of my life. And that's just simply not who and how I want to be. So am I going to choose to be a version of me I don't want to be? No. No, I'm not. When you aren't sure if you're making an excuse, if you're rationalizing, use the power of questions. Does this work? Is this an effective strategy, this story that I'll do better tomorrow? Is this working for me? Is this taking me where I want to go in my life? This story of, oh, well, I've been so good and therefore I should be less than that right now because that's logical. Does that work? Is that taking you where you want to go? Has that proven to be an effective strategy or not? Is this way that I'm thinking related to the solution or to the problem? Am I participating in a solution? Because if not, I'm part of the problem. Does this make me proud thinking this way, choosing this way? acting this way? Does it make me proud? Yes or no? That is so black and white simple when we create the pattern of asking that question. Another question that really helps me in this is what else is true? Yes, it might be very, very true that you've been so good. It might be very, very true that one cookie isn't a huge deal, but what else is true? What else is true? Whatever you tell yourself that feels like the truth, the answer isn't always the truth. And maybe it's an emotional corner of the truth, but it's not the full truth. So what else is true? Is there something more that is true? Awareness. 
old patterns are going to thrive in the dark, meaning we haven't named them. We haven't brought them into the light. We haven't said, these are the ways I'm lying to myself. These are the ways that I'm holding myself back. These are the patterns of rationalization, of submitting to and telling rational lies that are in fact the problem, that are in fact entirely unrelated to the solution. What is more true? Right? I used to tell myself that I'd just get it out of my system. But what is more true, the complete version of the truth, is that that's not how it works at all. In fact, the more I choose this pattern of overeating to get it out of my system, the more it's in my system. The more that that pattern, that habit is strengthened. Completely false to say that I'm getting it out of my system. Or when I would tell myself, I just can't. I'm just too stressed. I'm just too tired. What is more true, the complete version of the truth, is that not taking great care of myself compounds both stress and fatigue. So telling myself that I'm too tired to take great care of myself is essentially saying, let me make myself more tired and more stressed. Completely unrelated to the solution. Untrue. Dishonest. What is the problem? In one sentence, without all of your drama, what is the solution to that problem and what is entirely unrelated to the solution? I solve problems. I don't create problems. I don't throw pity parties over problems. And I certainly do not exacerbate existing problems. I solve them. The other thing that helps me is, is this the kind of person I want to be? If I am the very best version of myself, would I think this way? Would I make these choices? Would I do these things? Because I can be the person I want to be today. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to travel to some far-fetched destination. No, I can be that person today by making those kinds of choices today. So this way of thinking, is this how I want to be? Is this the version of me that I want to reinforce? I ask a lot of questions because they're part of how we learn to think differently. If we want to behave differently, we've got to keep in mind that our thoughts drive our choices. So focusing on just trying to make different choices is going to be insufficient. We must change how we think. And using questions opens up how we're thinking to consider what is also true, what is more true, what is untrue. What you'll find in Chasing Cupcakes is that every single chapter ends with questions and the end of the book has a total list of almost 300 questions that you can ask yourself to see things more clearly, to identify the ways that you have been operating or thinking or deciding that is less than the full version of the truth, that is holding you back. So if you want to do this work and you're like, okay, how, how do I start? How do I begin? Begin with the questions that I've asked you here and practice them. Don't just practice them related to food. Don't just practice them related to areas where you're struggling now. Ask these questions related to your interactions with your family or related to your work or related to watching television or spending time on social media. Use these questions in as many areas of your life as possible, right? So begin that way, totally free. I've already given you your starting point. You just need to take action. If you want something more concrete, more guided, more structured, Chasing Cupcakes, 
Asking questions to think differently is a powerful tool. And if you're like, I don't read books, you don't have to. You're listening to this podcast, you can listen to the book. It is now on Audible. So you can just go to Amazon.com, search Chasing Cupcakes. You can get Kindle, paperback, hardcover, or you can listen all eight hours and 24 minutes of me reading to you. Or if you've already done that and you want to take it to the next level, check out Breaking Barriers, right? Breaking Barriers is a self-guided e-course that helps you break through patterns that have been holding you back. So I will link to that in the show notes. But don't forget about the free resources. If you're like, don't sell me stuff, hey, I'm saying use the tools I've given you in this episode. Start incorporating these questions every single day as often as possible. And there's also related episodes that you can turn to. I'll link to them in the show notes as well, like episode 348. It's called Your Lies Become Your Truths. That's a good one to listen to. Or episode 358, Tackling Excuses. So I will link to those two episodes in the show notes as well. Remember, you can find the show notes at primalpotential.com forward slash 557, primalpotential.com forward slash 557. I think that's a great starting point for all of us, and it's a practice that I will continue in my own life, and I, as always, will share with you what I learn and what I find helpful in my own practice. All right, a couple of episodes ago, I shared with you that a listener had um, messaged me or commented on the show notes in regards to me sharing a meal that I loved recently and a workout that I loved recently. And she wanted me to incorporate in that wins that you guys have had. And I am so excited about that. So I want to feature your wins. What are you proud of? It can be something big. It can be something small. It can be related to mindset or money or food or self-care or anything in between. You can comment on the show notes. You can direct message me on Instagram. You can send a carrier pigeon, however you want to do it. But I want to um, share a couple of wins. One came, uh, I think, actually, I think this is the only one I'm going to share today. But a lot of people have been making a determined decision to move more in 2019 than they did in 2018. And Jessica sent me a message that she had wanted to join a gym forever and ever and ever, but psyched herself out, told this story about how she would be embarrassed and people might judge her and she might look stupid. And so she decided that she was going to not fuel those thoughts, that she was going to see that fear not as a blockade, but as a doorway, as a challenge to pass through it. And Jessica joined a gym. I love that. I think it is amazing. And, you know, I shared with you guys uh, multiple times that not only did my mom, who is 66 years old and had never lifted weights in her life, my mom started CrossFit about six months ago. My boyfriend started CrossFit a couple months ago, and both of them felt like, I'm not going to fit in. I'm going to be slower. I'm going to be weaker. All of these comparative thoughts. And you can choose to let those stop you, right? I certainly had those thoughts as well. Or you can remind yourself that fear is a doorway and you can stand on the other side of the door and refuse to cross the threshold. And the only thing you're doing there is holding yourself back. Or you can say, I'm going through this door. I can get to the other side of this fear if I take action. Jessica did that. My mom did that. My boyfriend did that. I did that. The first time I walked in a gym of any kind was intimidating. Certainly the first time I walked into a CrossFit gym, I was trying to talk myself out of it. But we can choose to see fear 
as a doorway. And I know a lot of people are feeling like moving more is something they want to do, not just for their physical bodies, but also for their overall health, for their mindset. Because when we move more, we feel better. There are absolutely tremendous mood and productivity benefits of working out. And I want to remind you of a strategy we talked about at the end of 2018. It's not just about discipline, like I need to be more disciplined in getting to the gym or in making time to work out. Think about it differently. What can I do to make this more fun? What can I do so that I'm not relying purely on willpower, but I make a change that makes me look forward to it more. How can I make myself want this as opposed to just disciplining myself to do it? And for me, one of those strategies is great workout clothes. Without exception, if I am dressed in a way that makes me feel more like an athlete, I am genuinely more excited to get to the gym and also I work harder. So yeah, I have those old ratty t-shirts and those old tried and true sports bras. But when I dress in a way that makes me feel more athletic, entirely independent of my athletic abilities, entirely dependent on what I'm wearing, it makes me look forward to it more. And that can be challenging because Lululemon and Reebok and Nike are legitimately expensive. And what I also found is that buying workout clothes from like Marshalls or Target, they didn't last as long. They didn't hold up, especially the bras. And if you've ever tried to do burpees in a bra that isn't good and your boobs are popping out and then you have to go slower and you're self-conscious and you think, I can never do a burpee workout again, you're just making it harder than it needs to be. So that's one of the reasons that I really love Fabletics and love that they are a sponsor of this show. For clarity and total transparency, I was an enthusiastic Fabletics customer before they ever approached me to sponsor the show. That is simply the truth, and I am still a paying Fabletics customer. One of the reasons that I'm so passionate about them is because Their clothes make me feel like an athlete, independent of my physical skills, and because they're so freaking affordable. When you go through the link that they gave to us, to our Primal Potential audience, which is fabletics.com forward slash Primal Potential, fabletics.com forward slash Primal Potential, you get two pairs of leggings for $24 compared to getting that kind of stuff from Lulu or Athleta or Nike or Reebok, you could be spending $60, $70, $80 or more on a pair of leggings, which is just bonkers, right? They're great clothes, but the price is prohibitive. So with Fabletics, it makes it easier for me to make myself mentally and psychologically feel more athletic. And then it's not just about discipline and willpower. It's not just this game of like, I need to go to the gym more. I want to. What we wear has a huge impact on us. And I have done a couple of blogs about some of my favorite things from there that hold up the best, that not only look adorable, because I don't just wear these clothes to the gym, I wear them around the house, and I wear them out to run errands and whatnot, but I look, I I include things that move well in my workout. So when I'm squatting, I'm not pulling my pants up, so that when I'm jumping, I don't feel like my boobs are popping out of my bra, 
I've, I've linked to the things that I love the most from them, and I'll put that blog in the show notes if you're like, oh gosh, there's lots of things, which should I try? There's absolutely bras that I've tried from Fabletics that don't hold me in and hold me up. The lower cut ones, I tend to prefer a higher neckline. That's also because I have um, fairly decent sized bosoms. Um, so that's part of that. But I will link to that in the show notes because guys, it's not just about discipline and willpower. And it's certainly not just about intentions. What changes can you put in place that make the shift you want to make easier? And that is not just a paradigm for fitness. And that's not just a plug for Fabletics, though it is an unashamed plug for Fabletics. That is the approach that we can take towards everything. How can I make myself want this more? How can I make this easier or more fun? So I will put those links over in the show notes, fabletics.com forward slash primal potential. Do not forget, just like Jessica did, share your wins. I want to feature you and your wins, big or small, on the podcast. So you can comment on the show notes. You can direct message me on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton. Um, Last thing I want to share is a meal that I loved. I haven't had it in forever, but somebody who was new to the podcast was listening to some of the older episodes from a few years ago and said, how do you make your tuna salad? And my first response was like, tuna salad? I don't eat tuna salad. I haven't had tuna salad in forever. And then I was like, tuna salad. I loved that. It was so easy and good. So the day I got that message, I went to the grocery store, got some tuna. Here's how I make mine. Can of tuna, pickles, tomatoes, celery salt or celery seed, whatever you have or prefer. And then I don't really like mayonnaise, but I use for this the Primal Kitchen brand spicy Dijon mustard. I get it from Thrive because it's way cheaper, Thrive Market. Um, But yeah, I just take the can of tuna, drain it, put it in a bowl with chopped pickles. I prefer dill, tomato, celery salt or celery seed, and then that spicy Dijon from um, Primal Kitchen brand because a lot of mustards have added sugar and I'm not really into that. And then I just mix it up. I eat it out of the bowl, but you could also put it on like one of the Nuco coconut wraps. Um, There's so many different things that you could do. But that is how I do it. I love it. And I will um, put that in the show notes as well. If you're like, what did you say is in that? Just head over to primalpotential.com forward slash 557 and you will find it there. Make it a great day, guys. I'll chat with you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.